Welcome to your sanity safe space with your favorite YouTube podcast duo, or at least one of them. It kind of depends and probably some rando too, but no complaining because this is free. Free. This is beauty and the beta bonus audio content. Hello and welcome to the show. This week I was a guest on the Ends Justify the Memes podcast. We talked mostly about YouTube and social media and how all of us in this alternative media sphere will survive in what will probably shortly be a post-Susan world. It was a good discussion, but what I appreciate most about this conversation is this show was created out of our audience. I've known Bill for several years. He's long been a listener and supporter of my channel and the podcast, and he met his co-host and producer Tank through listening to our show. I always appreciate successful community building coming out of the audience, and I'm glad these guys are working together. So if you like what you hear, and I hope that you will, check out the Ends Justify the Memes using the links in the description. Thanks for listening and enjoy. Welcome, everyone. This is the Ends Justify the Memes, the show where the lowest of the low, that is the most wretched of wretched and deplorable, to end all deplorables, two white heterosexual Christian males from the American South, and today a snow ape too, talk about <laughs> culture, philosophy, history, health, fitness, and what it means to be a man in the 21st century. I'll be your host, Bill, and this is my co-host and producer, Tank. So crack open a beer. And lend us your ear, because the ends always justify the memes. And folks, today we have our friend, or my friend, Matt Christensen on. Uh, a, a, a week late, but not a dollar short today. So uh, I uh, kind of screwed up the timing on that last week. So uh, we'll we'll blame Matt, though. It'll be all his fault. Sure. Thanks for having me. Sorry <laughs> about the mix-up, but uh, glad to be here. I appreciate it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So with all that, uh, guys, I'm kind of going to just let Tank uh, talk to Matt a bit because he's got a few questions on things, and we'll see what we come up with in the short time that Matt has. So go for it, Tank. Well, just to give everyone a little bit of an introduction that, who might not know who Matt is, um, he does a show. Well, he does his own YouTube show um, where he d covers news, correct? Let, let me know if I'm getting anything wrong here. Yeah, and, I, well, I do my own short videos, and I do the mm -hmm. uh, long, long-form stream with Blonde and... Uh, yeah, so I'm I'm doing kind of a variety of yeah. uh, formatted new, news and politics and culture talk. Right. Yeah, and your new show with Blonde. Um, I often ask a lot of people about that show, and I hear things like it's a good show, it's a great show, it's your Minda show. I'll, oftentimes, I'll say it's simply the best. So if anyone hasn't seen it, they should probably tune in. <laughs> I'm told people often do <laughs> say and hear that. So thank you for confirming. 
<laughs> what I too have been told. Um, but kind of one of the main things I want to talk to you about on this show tonight was you're you're a veteran of YouTube, I, I would say, um, for for the culture war that's been. Oh uh, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, you, you, you kicked the ball off for a lot of people. Well, you got into it early. You know, for, for what four or five years ago? I, well, I got on YouTube as a pure video game hobby in right. 2012, and that was not anything serious at all. And it didn't become something serious for me until the summer of 2016. And that was a convergence of a lot of things. Um, just the nature of shifting politics at the time. I think a lot of people, quote unquote, woke up or quote unquote, took the red pill at that time when, when Trump was first campaigning. And just the reality for, for both Blonde and me that both of our, our quote unquote, real jobs were not satisfying and not really working out for us. So we decided to take a gamble. And that 2016 is when it became something more serious for me. But but yet the landscape of YouTube has changed a lot, obviously since 2012, but even since 2016, people have blown up, people have gone away, people have uh, built uh, you know successful channels slow and steady. So it's certainly a different thing each and every year. And we'll see, I think 2021 is going to be the year where maybe Susan finally destroys the whole thing for this genre of content, at least. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's kind of what I wanted to get into tonight is um, how many followers do you have now on YouTube? Something like 220,000 subscribers. We're trailing right behind you at 50 followers. Um, So, you know, you can say that we're coming up here. It's probably Uh, about the same pace of growth though, because we both (laughs) exist in the same ghosted corner of YouTube. People send me screenshots all the time. It's like, dude, I'm I'm looking for your name on YouTube and you don't show up in search results or I can't. Oh oh, yeah. I don't see your stuff much anymore. I watch you of course, regularly. I watch the Sunday show live almost every Sunday and often catch the call in show. Yeah. So, I mean, and and your individual content, the, the two videos you do a week, rarely pull up for me. Yeah, you have to know it's cool. there, basically. Yeah. And and yeah. so for me and for channels like you guys, on YouTube, for the time being, it's a word of mouth game. It's like mm-hmm. getting your listeners to share it with their friends, with their family. That's that's the growth strategy. But I don't I don't sit and strategize about YouTube very much because YouTube is a sinking ship in my mind. I'm going to ride that sinking ship all the way to the bottom of the ocean before I swim back up to the surface and look for some kind of life, uh, some kind of life raft or something. But uh, I don't sit here and think, how can I game Susan's algorithm to try to win the next round? Susan hates people like us. And yeah. we have no prospect for long-term success there. It's all about uh, what the next thing is. Because the good news for channels like mine and channels like yours, there is an appetite for this sort of content. It's just who's going to wise up to host it. And it's not Susan. It's going to be someone else. Yeah. You know, what's interesting too with you, Matt, is that you get a lot of, um, th- despite, like, you have a good-sized channel, don't get me wrong, but you're not, like, super gigantic. You're not, yeah, like, yeah. blowing up like Tim Pool has at the moment. Um, but you get a lot of respect from other channels. I see all the time people talk about you and your content and how um, I think it's because your, your, your nature is to be very judicious in how you approach a topic. Sure. Um, But like, I see like Robert Barnes on, on Viva Fry talk about you, or obviously um, there've been some other people in the past. Like I think uh, I've seen Brett Weinstein mention your uh, stream before. So it is really interesting, and I think you kind of caught the wave at that right particular point, too. Um, it, it certainly was 
I don't know if lucky is the right term, but I got into this game at a good time and it bums me out. It, it, it bums me out that it's difficult to grow my channel, obviously, mm. but I, it bums me out that this is no longer a meritocracy that if you come into YouTube fresh right now with the best content of your genre, if you don't tow the Susan line, you're not really going to be discovered or promoted. It, it, it's not a, um, back when I started, let's put it this way. Back when I started, if you made the right video at the right time, Anybody could catch that wave. You get a little viral play, you get a little boosted audience. And if you keep that audience satisfied, you can really grow. Now it's very disheartening to know, no matter how good the video you make is, it doesn't have the same prospect for viral success that used to exist on YouTube when it was left more to the mathematical or uh, just the performance metrics of the video. The video got good engagement, good likes, good comments, the system would recognize that as a, Hey, there's something special going on with this video. Let's recommend it some more. And then the magic happened. Now it's like that guy's on the, the bad guy list. So make sure he's buried in the corner. Yeah. We had our first live stream. Of course, I've talked to you this, about this before, but our very first live stream was, was yank. Don't get me wrong. We were uh, full of all kinds of technical issues because hmm. neither one of us are uh, tech guys and uh, tank tank, especially he's pretty much anti-tech yet. He produces the show for me. So, <laughs> <laughs> but uh yeah we just started streaming live on youtube again because of that because they were just like nope can't stream and we we're like screw this so we, we've been building up over d live yeah. for the last i guess four months five months now we've been uh been streaming you know the weird thing about d live is too that i've noticed um it you know it's not just a local platform i see guys on their uh playing video games and stuff, kind of what YouTube used to be or in mm -hmm. its non-political sphere. But for some reason, it's it can't pick up the way YouTube is. Um, and I don't really know why. I'd, I'd like to see. I mean, I'd like to get your opinion on why you think that might be. Uh, well, I, I don't know. I mean, we, uh, we have a small presence on DLive and it, it grows over time. I know there are some player, some people who are doing really well on DLive and that's just in the, the live streaming realm. If you're talking in the video realm in general, BitChute and Rumble are doing pretty well right now. And Rumble's talking like they're going to have live streaming capability pretty soon. BitChute has been saying that for a while. So none of those because those places are still the de facto place for people who have been deemed wrong thinkers by youtube and twitter and all the rest of the places that police ideology in that way they just don't have the mass that youtube does mm -hmm. that, that that's not going to be a switch that hits overnight but the the slow growth is there on those platforms and i think in particular uh, it's it's going to take the banning on YouTube of a major player. And so some of them already have been, arguably. But I mean, when YouTube finally goes too far and bans, say, like a Joe Rogan or a mm -hmm. Steven Crowder or someone on that tier of this realm. And that person takes their audience to another spot like that. The, the scale could tip. I don't know, maybe not against YouTube because YouTube has, you know, makeup tutorials and people doing yeah. their food reviews and a whole genre of stuff. But for this particular area of YouTube, YouTube is is right on the cusp of becoming irrelevant. They, they push it a few inches more. Mm -hmm. Arguably, it's already there. So, mm -hmm. yeah, I, I know it's not satisfying to just go over to, to DLive now and be like, well, it's not numerically comparable to YouTube. 
Yeah, but let's check back in two years, three years, five years. Right. Maybe it's DLive, maybe it's not, but there's going to be somebody who's, I think, the major player in this arena, and I don't think it's YouTube. Are you uh, are you working with uh, Rumble or Library or any of those uh, other alternatives yet? I have accounts and I and I post there. I'm I, oh, I don't okay. necessarily know people who run it. Sometimes they reach out to me, so I, I guess I have I've had contacts, but I don't know anybody well um, at those uh, at those particular spots. Okay, no, I was just curious because um, we've started uploading there. Um, we've started doing uh, a, a locals page. Although Tank takes care of the show, I take care of my own channel um, mm-hmm. over on All Minus One. By the way, we got a lot of people in the chat from uh, from your show. I see Raggle Fraggle in here and whomever else. Some familiar names that I've seen cool. or heard over Thanks the years. Thanks for year. coming over, guys. Yeah. Um, so, guys, please give us a sub. If, if you like us, go check us out. And I also have my own independent channel called All Minus One, which is underneath, obviously, here. Um, in any case... But yeah, we, we've been looking at these platforms. Um, I know everyone was talking about BitChute when it was coming up, and I just I find BitChute totally insufferable. It just doesn't want to work for me. It, it needs a little uh, polish for sure. A lot of people yeah. say it reminds them of like an old porn site or something like that. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, and I know the search function is not ideal. Um, and, and so I, I understand this is part of the frustration. I think YouTube as a system absent Susan absent the people who run it is actually fantastic. The fact that you can upload a multi-hour HD video and have it process a a lickety split. Basically nobody else can duplicate that. That's because the cost of the infrastructure to make that happen is incredibly high. And just the cost of developing all that interface and all the, the way that the user interacts with, with the whole website, that's all a lot of time and a lot of resources. And so for me, I'm someone who still uses YouTube, obviously, both as a creator and a consumer, because I like to go to one place and have everyone who I like to watch just in one list where I can roll through them. That's the best thing about YouTube. But I recognize that YouTube doesn't like me or any of those people that I'm watching. So for me, it's not um, even though I'm not as frequent of a user of some of these alternative platforms, I still do what I can to support them. You know, I'll, I'll support mm-hmm. BitChute on Subscribestar. I'll, I'll help out DLive um, by streaming there and by supporting people over there if I can. So it's, I, I think it's key for people to do that. Even if you don't want to leave YouTube today, if we all just kind of uh, help out people who are developing alternative products, even that's helpful because YouTube has a basically a monopoly in this environment. And if we help out some people with uh, who have some competitive spirit, we're 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 thinking long term there, and we'll help ourselves long term. Well, for certain, they keep shooting themselves in the foot. I mean, when you have uh, very large platforms, very very large personalities, and you just deplatform them out of nowhere, yeah, you're gonna make people angry, and eventually they're gonna say, "Screw this." I mean, one of the biggest conveniences of YouTube for me is is that. It has an app I can use on my smart TV. I don't always yeah. have to be in front of a computer. Yeah. You know, I could be in the kitchen with the TV on and listen to something, uh, which I know they hate because they want the video, but I'm just listening <laughs> to the audio, right? Yeah. <laughs> but, but yeah, I mean, that's that's one of the conveniences. And um, eventually, like you said, it's going to get to the point where it's like, yeah, there's some stuff on here, but you, you neuter everybody. You know, you, you decide to cut their balls off and... Uh, there's yeah. nothing we're here I want to watch anymore. Well, I love when Susan released that latest uh, 
it was a blog post where they said you're not allowed to question the results of the election because part mm-hmm. of what they were saying, I don't know who wrote it. It wasn't Susan, but it's the person who wrote it. Right, right. What they were saying, the content of that, that blog post or letter was look at these great stats about how we directed everyone to NBC and CBS and CNN and all the cable or you know, regular TV news channels. Look, we direct people to authoritative sources. And of course, that's annoying if you're in this environment where you're creating alternative media because they're stacking the competitive deck against you. But it's it just on a general level. It's so frustrating to me when people don't understand why their product is successful, whether it's YouTube or any, anybody else who makes a, a consumer product. To If you look at YouTube and think, okay, why do people love this? It's because they see people in their bedrooms like this trio here and they, they feel like they're real people they can connect with and have a real life conversation with. There's a reason people are cutting their ca- uh, their cable because they don't mm. want to watch that detached, overproduced, narrative-driven nonsense. They want to hear from a real person to whom they can relate. And so for YouTube to turn around and betray those creators and those consumers and saying and, and brag about how they're directing you to the exact sort of content that you left to come to YouTube in the first place, it's just so tone-deaf. It's so unself-aware about why people love it and it's uh god i what i wouldn't give to have an hour to sit in the in the youtube boardroom and just ask a few questions and talk to these people about what the hell their philosophy is because all they have to do is just sit back and and let the successful system they built succeed that's it yeah, I, I think they're it's because they're technocrats, man, and they yeah. they they think that uh, they know better than you, and you don't get to deserve to have the the uh, the free flow of information. And if they protect you from the bad thoughts and the bad ideas, only good moral people will be created from their uh, their institution. I guess. I, I, I well, I don't. You know, I don't know because the one person that got a chance to do something like this was Tim Pool when he sat on Joe Rogan and talked to Jack Dorsey and whatever the other chick's name is. The um, JJ. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. It, it, you know, they they were either outright lying the whole time or they're just absolutely stupid. Um, that was such no an incredible episode though. And, and what was revealing about that was Tim knew more about mm-hmm. Twitter's operation than Jack did. And it kind of confirmed Jack is the CEO obviously, but he has handed off virtually every meaningful piece of authority in that company. It appears he doesn't even have a basic understanding of that company's day to day at this point. Yeah. It's, it's really strange. To, I actually just watched it probably a month ago or listened to it. Um, and having everything that's transpired on Twitter since then with, you know, how censorous they've gotten yeah. since that time, it's, it's such like a, you know, weird mind fuck to hear these guys sit here with like a straight face say, oh, this and that when, you know, obviously, like I said, obviously they're, they're either, were either outright lying, lying that night or you're right. They, he, Jack Dorsey just has no idea what's going on. But I wonder too, if he did know what was going on, he would even care. He doesn't seem like the kind of guy that'd be open to uh, dissident views at this point. Um, from what I've seen, it's tough for me to read him. I, I, yeah. I can never decide if he, like you said, is he, um, does he just not know what's going on in his own company or is he an actual evil actor? I, I've, I've concluded personally that, uh, I, I think he's just handed off most responsibilities and he doesn't really pay attention right. to what's going on in his own company anymore. I, I think, but, uh, 
who knows? I'm not a Jack Dorsey fan either way. So whatever. Yeah. Well, <laughs> um, but that's kind of, you know, brings me into what we're talking about. Well, me and Bill's been talking about this last couple of weeks, I guess is, you know, what, what is the future of alternative platforms? Um, mm-hmm. and, and, and like you're saying, like, YouTube's big and it's really nice. You know, we've got it on Amazon. You can just, it's there. It's kind of everyone's standby uh, or your go-to. Um, and like today I went and bought a, a new cell phone because mine broke and it comes with YouTube preloaded on it. You know, it's Android. Yeah. So there it is. So, I mean, how do you feel about maybe breaking these guys up um, and kind of putting a leash on their power? Uh, well, I, I would... I don't know if I would favor the forcible breakup as in like break up these separate YouTube from Google or anything like that. Um, I do think that that 230, whether you want to repeal it or my position on 230 would be uh, some sort of clarification, some sort of objective standards for publishers and platforms and to see that more strictly enforced because I don't have a problem with people who want to, uh, who want to be, or who want their their plat um, their their platform? That's kind of the confusing word to use in this case. But their property to be editorialized. Right. They want mm-hmm. to control the content that's on it. If it's your property, you want to control it. That's fine. But you are responsible for the content that's on that platform. And if you defame people or if you otherwise commit criminal conduct, you need to be held liable for that. If you um, so the problem now is obviously they want to both control the content that's on the site and also be immune from legal liability from wrongful use of the site. And that, that's, that's, uh, that's an unfair use of the system. So what we need, I think on two thirty, is stricter standards or clearer definitions about what exactly const, what are the rules for, uh, for a publisher? What are the rules for a platform such that places like YouTube and Twitter can't, exercise the editorial control of a publisher while also enjoying the legal protections, um, the legal protections from, uh, from being a, a platform. And Trump of course is all about the repeal 230. And I understand the idea that we want to remove the legal protections for these companies so that we can, <laughs> so that maybe they'll stop abusing people so much. That's the idea. But I worry if we just repeal 230 and we don't have protections for true platforms, it makes it very difficult for a competitor to come in and actually be a platform in this. Because if there's no if there's no liability protection for a new startup tomorrow that wants to be a video hosting platform and suddenly they're liable for me or Blonde defaming someone on our stream, which you know is bound to happen probably that's not easy. That's not a li- an easy liability for someone to assume if you're a small startup and all of a sudden you've got a, yeah, a large defamation suit against you for something you didn't even say that will kind of discourage people from getting into that game. So yeah, that's, that, that's kind of classic like rent seeking where you have the bigger kind of uh, industry basically asking Congress and such or, or the legislatures to make up rules to uh, keep others out essentially because they can afford the cost while they know startups can't yeah exactly and and yeah i'd agree with you on that matt that it's just not uh it's not a good idea to repeal it at all but it needs to be well defined um unfortunately the way it looks to me is biden's about to be the president and uh i don't think it's going to go anywhere good as far as uh 
the the freedom of speech on the internet no i think these sites are going to get worse i think yeah. we're gonna i think we're gonna see more crackdown that's probably 2021's easiest prediction more censorship on the silicon valley tech platforms wow what a what a bold one but yeah um i, I don't see any indicator that they are intent on rolling back and and with every excess they've committed in the last few years have you ever heard susan or jack or mark zuckerberg or any of them say ah you know that was kind of a little far we've changed our minds we're actually going to free this up a little bit it's never happened they only constrict so well you know with with the whole coronavirus thing dissident opinions have been punished even more severely than ever have been you know so it's it you, you know, you, you might not ever get your hit piece like you want, but, you know, you're, you're not going to get your voice out at all um, yeah. with with this kind of attitude. It's kind of going back to what you were saying before. What YouTube used to be was YouTube, random people with, you know, weird shower curtain backgrounds yeah. you know, talking about stuff. And now it's CNN and all these all these elitists and guys that are, you know, run the world and most of them are full of shit. And yeah. that's all we've got to listen to. Um, I, part of me thinks uh, this might be like a like a stupid point on some of this, but I think a lot of this uh, alternative tech is suffering from a marketing issue as well. Um, like rumble, for instance, you know, it's, it just looks, it looks bad, Bit shoot, bit shoot doesn't look great, but I could even put up a bit shoot if the automatic uploads work. So, um, but you know, it, we're so far in the game that it's so easy to turn to the polished product and sign on and watch your favorite cooking show, you know, that's what your mom's going to do. They're not going to, mm-hmm. they're not going to go to bit you. They're not going to go to rumble. They're not going to go to a lot of these guys. And it, you know, it's rough because, you know, I, I feel like I don't, I don't know where we can go to next. Um, especially if you guys are a lot bigger. Um, you know, if something were to happen and then wiki wiki did come down to you guys, like, I don't want to see you go. I'd like you to be able to go somewhere else, but you're going to be suffering a lot on a different platform. Yeah, we, w- of course. Um, but I know that, uh, for, for communities like ours, they're very durable and I don't want to get the boot from Susan and I don't want anyone I listen to, to get the boot from Susan, but I think that boot is going to swing this year. And at the end of the day, yeah, I like YouTube, but I'm not going there for YouTube's interface or I'm Mm -hmm. not going there for their pleasing aesthetics. I'm going there to listen to the people that I want to listen to. Mm -hmm. And YouTube could be anything. It could be D live. It could be bitch shoot. It could be rumble. Maybe they improve their aesthetics down the line, but that's, that's the thing that um, drives me nuts about Susan. She just doesn't appear to realize, or uh, I don't know. It's probably malice in her case. It's not ignorance. She probably understands why she hates us. Yeah. So, I mean, I have no doubts these guys would take a cut in their paycheck if it meant that they could side with CNN and MSNBC. Um, you know, I mean, why why would they why would they come up to bat for any like dissident creators? Um, no, they're, they, they're just not those kind of people. They never have. Yeah. They never have. Uh, Susan, every, every piece of Susan's reign at YouTube has been negative for the independent creator and and i and that it doesn't matter if you have a million subscribers or 10 if you're an independent Mm -hmm. person who has something critical to say or an original thought that might go against the grain on anything they deem too important or Mm -hmm. to have dissident thoughts about then then you're screwed so yeah i mean that and it's not (laughs) that's the other thing about youtube too why else do you go there it's not just to connect with a real person but it's to hear weird opinions 
It's to go down weird rabbit holes and hear people talk about strange conspiracy theories about stuff. Dude, back in like 2010 through 2012, maybe 2014 at the latest, there was so much just awesome, like tinfoil conspiracy yeah. craziness. And I love that stuff just just for the entertainment factor. Yeah. Um, you know, some of it, yeah, there might be strings of truth throughout it. But but regardless of that, it's just entertaining to me. And like, I remember coming across the flat earthers and I watched for like a week, everything I could on these people that believed in the flat earth. And it was just hilarious. They, and, um, they raided our chat so hard, like a year or two back. <laughs> and seriously, I don't, um, blonde does what she does. Sometimes she gets a little heavy handed in controlling people in the chat, but I, I don't, you, I swear to God, I'll show a screenshot of my of behind the scenes on my channel. The only terms that are banned in my chat are flat and earth because these people went so hard as like, all right, uh, bending my principles on this one. No one's talking about flat earth anymore. These people were crazy, man. They, they just blew up the chat. Never seen anything like it. Yeah, we we had our very first flat Earth comment a couple weeks ago in our stream. One guy mm. was we, we were talking about knowledge or something, you know, stupid. Yeah, and uh, he was like, "Oh, is that why you believe you live on a ball?" Um, <laughs> and I'm like, "Dude, I, I be honest with you, I don't really care if it's the Earth's flat or not. So it's not really something I'm worried yeah. about." Um, but yeah, I guess that means we've made it. So if you know, if Matt Christensen had to ban it, then I guess that means that's. That's the status. I have no idea how many of them are serious or if it's all just one big trolling effort. I I, I don't know. But at this point, there's no conspiracy theory too crazy for me. 2020 was such an insane year that I'm like, ah, conspiracy theory is probably more (laughs) accurate than CNN or whatever the hell else they're pushing. I've loved that evolution of yours, by the way, because I've always been willing to entertain tinfoil. And you're always like, no, no, no tinfoil. And I've been seeing you this past year just creep and creep and creep more. I mean, you're watching Frank over on Quite Frankly. So you, yeah. you got to be getting some tinfoil. Mm-hmm. Oh, and, yeah. He loves to get into weird topics. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 Um, but uh, we're coming up on a half hour here, bud. So uh, if you got to get going right on the bottom of the hour, I got a lo- couple questions to ask you before we get sure, out of yeah, here. Yeah, I got maybe five more minutes. Okay. Okay. Well, Tank, you got anything else for him before I ask my few questions here? No, you're good. Go ahead. Take off. Okay. Well, one, how did, how did your wife take it the other night on the show where you, where you announced you were going to be knocking her up this year? <laughs> That's, uh, without getting too personal, that was not actually my idea. That was a command. So oh, are, oh, okay, uh, okay. no, uh, seriously speaking, we, um, we wanted, we wanted to get married for its own sake, but we want to be parents too. And right. uh, this comes up on the stream all the time. Like, isn't it kind of scary to become a parent in a crazy time? Yeah, but at the same time, all times are are really crazy. And what's the number one way to get through difficult times? It's through family. And I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know if Susan's going to chop off my head in 2021 or not. But I want to know that I I know that a a complete life has got to include parenthood. I don't want to miss out on that. And so every year that I put that off, uh, that's that's an experience that I potentially miss out on, you know, so I, I. in my younger years, I questioned whether I wanted to be a parent. Now I don't at all. Now I really uh, look forward mm-hmm. to it and I can't wait. So, um, so no, she was not surprised by that announcement that, um, that's been in the works. Yeah. Yeah. You just made a comment last night live. You were like, Oh, you know, I haven't said this to her directly or something, but I, I know you've been wanting to have children and being married first was a big part of it. I mean, I did the same thing. We, yeah. uh, 
I think I met my wife not too long before you met yours. And, yeah. and obviously uh, she's pregnant. That's right. pregnant Grace, how far along is she? You, I remember you said um, that. I think she's 16 weeks or so. Okay. Uh, uh, we're supposed to know. Uh, she's supposed to do gender reveal at the end of this month and all that. So, oh, cool. Uh, well, whatever. I, <laughs> I'm just along for the ride, man. Yeah. Do you, well, you I, don't I, have a preference at all? When I was younger. So, um, but then the other question is, is how gay are you actually for Blonde's brother? And <laughs> is he not potentially the flannel daddy grand thumb Mike Jones? Because I could understand that. I actually don't know. Who the hell is that? I don't you know don't who know that who is. Grand thumb is? Yeah, you oh, do. grand thumb. Yeah, grand, grand thumb. thumb. Okay, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, um, yeah. No, I wouldn't say he's very similar to grand thumb. But to be fair, I hung out with this guy once in 2016. All right. So he's kind of a legend in my mind, mm. more so than like my actual friend or you know, close contact or anything like that. Uh, I can't speak too personally because, you know, I, I don't I don't know what well, boundaries I, I, exist. But what I ask you to, if you, you all know. I can say, which I've said on the stream before, is he reminds me of an intellectual Danny McBride. Like in, in appearance and he has you know like he the handlebar mustache vibe and stuff but he's a very very bright guy with opinions as far as i understand he's like the guy who red pilled blonde okay so that okay. should tell you about his perspective on things he mm -hmm. definitely has some uh exotic opinions let's put it that way but <laughs> but when you talk to him about it he's very very quick and very persuasive in explaining why he thinks that way. And I, I love people like that. I, I don't care what your opinion is. If you, if you're well-reasoned and you can explain to me exactly why it is that you believe what you believe, that's a great person to talk to whether you agree or not. So uh, he seems like the sort of dude I would definitely hang out with uh, if, if we lived in the same town, but uh, alas, we do not. So it's a friendship missed at this point. Well, that that was pretty much uh, it. But I would agree with you. Those those are always the the best people to talk to. I, I'm far more interested generally when I speak with somebody interested in how they think than than trying to explain to them what I'm thinking most of the time. Yeah. Um, uh, people are infinitely curious, but I don't know, man. Um, I guess with all that, we 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 ought to let you go. I want to get Rebecca on here. I've emailed sure. her, but you know how she is with emails. So I know I know it's not your it's not your thing, but yeah. well, well, if it's any bit of an enticement, um, I just got married in the Orthodox Church last month. Oh, congrats! To, to a Roman Catholic, so I could wow. give uh, Blonde some insight on what she might be getting into if well, she's are considering you, converting. Are you hopping on the fatherhood train as well? Or are you? Uh, we're looking at maybe starting to try in March. Okay, um, cool. We're getting into the game a little bit late. Uh, yeah, but but we we both want to. I'm scared to death, but but we're going to try. Yeah. But that that's kind of how you know it's worth doing. All the yeah. best things you do in life are are terrifying when you confront mm -hmm. them. Every risk yep. seems terrifying. And then in retrospect, you look back and you're like, why the hell didn't I do that sooner? And that's exactly what I hope for in this case. Even if you go through a lot of pain and suffering along the way too, man. Yeah. Like, cause it's, it's worth, that's what makes it worth it. That is mm -hmm. the, in the end, what makes the reward worth something. There's no value without the suffering. Yeah, Exactly. So well, thank you guys for having me. Very much appreciated. Well, yeah, we thanks. appreciate you. I mean, <laughs> you got a, you got a, we, we got 42 live viewers right now because of you, Matt. Sweet. Glad to hear. <laughs> well, we'll let you go. We're going to hang out here for a little bit uh, afterwards. And, sure. Uh, 
Uh, you take care, man. I'll talk to you soon. Yeah, all right. Happy, happy new year, guys. And yeah, have a good uh, rest happy of your year. year. All right. Thanks.